What's up, everybody? Today it's just me, Cody, sitting down with my wife, Carrie. And I didn't know if this would ever happen. Uh, she's usually the one rolling her eyes at me. She's not too fond, or maybe just not too participating of my my digital adventures, whether it comes to YouTube or my new adventure here of podcasting. She's usually the one, and Ryan too, giving me the eye rolls. Um, so I'm pretty excited to have her sit down with me and, uh, and join in on the podcast. How about you, Care? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the whole point. The, uh, the YouTube and the podcasting, not your style? Not really, no. No? I mean, I'm, I know that at one, someday I will um, appreciate them. But right now, I just, I'm just not a techie person, and I don't want our kids to be techie, and so it's just hard for me to get tired of seeing me with the camera everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing to me because I don't like to be the center of attention, and I feel like that brings attention onto you when people see you with a video camera, and so I, I like to stay in the back and not be noticed. Yeah, yeah, I think some of our videos clearly reflect that. You know, people will say, where's Carrie or where was Ryan? Uh, they were there. They just didn't want to be, didn't want to be seen. Yeah, you were saying that uh, I don't like to be the center of attention and or people ask, where's Carrie? Well, I think one of the first videos I remember um, was down at Lemons Park. And I think, I believe we found a baby turtle. And I don't think I'm anywhere in any of those videos, but what people don't realize is behind the camera, I'm carrying, I believe, two scooters, and I had at least one kid on my back. I had to carry the GoPros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's... Well, yeah. So I understand your frustration mm-hmm. sometimes with my... And it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Two, you mean me editing them and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is kind of my just fun thing to do. And I know. You know when That's why I know you like to do it. Everybody so. gets in bed. It's fun to have a video to yeah. edit. And I know you enjoy it, so. Well, I'm glad you put up with me for it. Yes. Uh, but the podcast is kind of similar on that same type of, um, kind of that same thing. Just more of a digital scrapbook. I like always adding to mm-hmm. a digital scrapbook that, you know, it's fun when we're out at mom and dad's or at your parents and you find a box of photos, oh, you know. Yeah. And, and you go back through them and, you know, and that's just looking at pictures, still pictures, still pictures yeah. you know, yeah. and I think how fun it will be to go back oh, no. and in I, t- five years, yeah. 10 years, I 20 years. Um, or stuff you forget. And, and yeah, and go back, back and, you know, you can watch a whole video or listen to a podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I wish I would have started this earlier. I think it would have mm-hmm. been fun right. 10 years ago to listen to me and you sit down and do a podcast and mm-hmm. hear what our view of the world was right. then. Or I'm sure it's changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and getting into that, you know, we thought, what are we going to sit down and have a podcast about, the two of us? Uh, and so we kind of went back, or not went back to, but um, the, the whole cancer, you know, you having cancer, getting mm-hmm. cancer, being a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Um I suppose we could talk about that. Honestly, we never really do, you know. Um, and that was, I thought that would be a fun thing to do with the podcast. Um, is just, it would give us a chance to sit down and, and talk, mm-hmm. you know, if we did it every now and then. Because honestly, we don't do that very often. Yeah. You know, the don't. 
kids get to bed and you're so worn out and drained or Mm -hmm. I get home from work and just the silence is Mm -hmm. nice, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we don't go out to dinner. We don't do, you know, (laughs) we don't do that stuff. Uh, and I think that's probably pretty common for people with five kids and just busy, busy, hectic lives, you know? So I thought the, uh, kind of coexist. Yeah, yeah, you know, and well, you just get and in a routine, friends, and yeah, that's just and, normal. I mean, you talk, and, you chat on the phone. Yeah, you know, then, you text, and but you don't very often. Or at least we don't. No, maybe we don't we're have, the maybe we're the outliers, and that's the, probably why we don't have fights either. <laughs> maybe that's it. But I thought a podcast would be a fun way to sit down for an hour or thirty minutes or however long we can come up with stuff to talk about mm-hmm. and have uninterrupted conversations. Uh, and yeah, one of those conversations that people might be interested to hear about or that would probably we could come up with quite a bit to talk about was Mm -hmm. just the whole journey and the battle and the fight with with cancer yeah it's just a matter of whether or not we want to go down that road and talk about it yeah well uh that's up to you i don't know if i'll be able to talk about it (laughs) i get to talking about it and you know i don't yeah you know me when Uh it gets to serious stuff yeah I'm not much of a talker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Well, then let's just go there. Okay. When uh, When was the, just for anybody out there that maybe isn't familiar with our story or your mm-hmm. story, you know, when, what was the date and when did you find out you had cancer or when we found out well, we were going to be fighting this fight? Well, I guess we should start with how I, why I went to the doctor. Okay. Um, I actually went to the doctor in February of, let's see, what year would that be? It's all a blur. So 2017, I believe. Was it 17? Yeah. I went to the doctor in February because I felt like I had, um, kind of fullness in my right breast and I had, um, a little bit of pain. And so I made a doctor's appointment and, um... He did a breast exam and um, told me that he really didn't feel anything abnormal. He thought it was just fibrous tissue. And I told him that, you know, I was just coming to him for reassurance and that I just needed somebody to tell me, you know, you're not crazy or whatever. Right. And worth noting, your history... Uh, I mean, you were in the medical field, a radiologist, right. um, so you kind of knew when to be concerned and when yeah. not to be concerned. Right. You yeah. know, you didn't just go to the doctor every time no, something huh. came up. You yeah. know, you've seen mammograms and seen yes. things Ult- like yeah. that. Ultrasounds. New- I mean, I'm an, I was an ultrasound tech. Yeah. I went to school and I had a mammo um, class, so I knew. I've done mammograms. I had to do so many for school, so I know all that good stuff, but... Um, he did tell me though. He said, "You know, but I will gladly order a mammogram, ultrasound, whatever you want." And I, I told him that I just needed him to tell me that he thought I was okay. And he assured me that uh, if I at any point changed my mind, to let him know. And so I said, "Okay." Well, then, as of the, let's see, that was in February, so March, April, May. You know, May, swimsuit season, whatever, going to the lake. I can remember several times um, catching myself just in the bathroom, just 
rubbing over that same area because I felt like it, it was, it was getting tender, more tender. And I even, I remember one time we were at the lake and I was sitting on the, uh, lily pad with Kat McAllister. And I actually said to her, I told her about it. And, uh, I even remember saying, I probably have breast cancer, you know? And she was like, oh, you know, no, no. Well, it was, that was the time that I probably started thinking like, I need to, I need to call Hannah. We need to get in and do imaging. And, uh, so then it started, my nipple kind of started to not, it didn't really invert. It just wasn't like the other side. And I have to mention too that in February when I went, it, one of the other reasons I went is my, I felt like my nipple and everything was kind of a purplish color. Whereas on the other side, it was more of a, just like a, like a pinkish flush, you know, like good blood. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So then I finally called and decided we needed to do this. And I honestly thought it would be fibrous tissue. And I remember you asking me, cause you just got back from Colorado. Yeah. And you guys had just gotten back from, uh-huh. uh, you know, vacation in Florida. Right. We kind of, that was the first summer we did a split vacation. Uh-huh. You took the girls yep. and went to the beach and I took the boys right. and went to the mountains. Uh-huh. And yeah, I remember coming off of that trip thinking, God, that's just what we needed. Uh-huh. Everybody kind of re-energized. Yep. Uh, it was a great trip for both of us mm-hmm. to kind of just recenter and rebalance. And, right. And I had and my... And then I think it was two days after yeah, we I got back you, from that I trip. I think you got back on the 6th because my birthday was the 5th. And then I think it... I believe it was the 8th. It was 7th. Yeah. 7th or 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... I went in for my mammogram and... Uh, it had been a while since I had seen mammos and they had just gotten a new machine at the hospital. I hadn't worked at the hospital for two years by then. No. Yeah. How old was Baker? Baker was two, three. Millennia was three. So it had been three, about three years. I hadn't worked at the hospital and they had a new mammo machine. It's digital. The other one was not as good. Didn't pick up. I was used to hanging plain film up. So I didn't really, I looked at him while Elaine was out of the room and I didn't really notice anything. Well, then I went into um, the sauna room and Megan was my ultrasound tech and I was, I worked with Megan, you know, and she told me that they were going to start on the left side and the left side I was not worried about at all. And uh, she told me she was going to do right upper quadrant. So I rolled on my side like I'm supposed to and she... She put the probe down, and of course, um, left side you roll up onto your, no. Anyway, um, I could see the monitor, and she got on this tiny little spot, and um, it was, it looked cystic to me, because it was, you know, I knew it was black, so I knew it was cystic, but I didn't, I didn't feel like the um, borders around it were very good. Like, it wasn't usually a benign thing has smooth borders you know it's it's not complex it's simple this looked like a simple but it, the borders were not it wasn't circle it was kind of irregular and cancers normally look like they have fingers and I was like oh you know that didn't look good and she was like yeah I don't know she's like he saw something on the mammogram on that side and and then she's like okay now it's time for the right side and um 
So I was like, oh, are you looking right upper quadrant on this side as well? Because I knew that's kind of right where my area I was questioning was. And she looked at me and she said, no, we're looking at the whole thing. And that was my heart sank then. And then, um, then she put the probe down and I could tell instantly by that image that it was cancer. I knew exactly what it looked like. Um, and then she, she measured that spot and then she went to another, other couple spots and there were multiple spots and they all looked, they were very, um, they had lots of fingers and they were not simple. And so I knew at that point that I had cancer and, you know, most people don't know that they know, you know, like the radiologist comes in and they're like, yeah, we looked at your images and, you know, you'll be hearing from us. They look a little complex, but we won't know anything. You're going to have to have a biopsy, all that stuff. Well, I knew instantly. And so my mind instantly went to, I mean, I, I broke down you know, and as I said before, I didn't, I honestly thought that things were going to be fine. So I didn't want Cody to come with me. And so you didn't, right, I you wasn't didn't come there. with me because I, I really wasn't worried. I mean, I, I think I was, but I wasn't like, I was worried, but I was hoping that if you didn't come, things would be fine. Right. And then, yeah. And so of course, Megan started crying too as she's scanning me and uh then she went and got the radiologist and he came in and he knew that I had worked there I hadn't I hadn't worked with him very often so he didn't know who I was but he knew that you know I knew and they said that they were going to schedule me for a biopsy and I think the the second I got out of the room I think I called Hannah first because you know, she knew I was there and, uh, she was the one telling me, oh, you're fine. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. And I called her and then I called Cody, you on my way home. And that was that. Yeah. That was a tough phone call. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I said. I think I was probably just crying and I probably yeah, just said just I had said cancer. said it was bad and you had mm-hmm. cancer and mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, my that, mind. That was, that was tough to hear. Uh-huh. And of course, Still, it's tough to recall, mm-hmm. and you know that's what I've always said. It's mm-hmm. probably the only thing tougher than you know hearing that you have cancer is saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, telling someone you have cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was tough because mm-hmm. nobody knows how to deal with that. Right? You know, mm-hmm. you might have relatives or friends that have been through it, but Until when you actually get you. the bombshell right. of "I have cancer" mm-hmm. or you know, you have cancer. Um, and I just, there's nothing scarier. There's no scarier word than cancer, Mm -hmm. you know, after hearing it and knowing that it applies to your life now. And I wasn't necessarily like when I heard, when I, when I realized that I had it, I was not necessarily, I think what was making me upset, it wasn't the actual like cancer part. Like, oh my God, I have cancer. It was more like I had images of like the kids like uh, graduating and me not being there or weddings or 
you know, just little stuff like that. That's what was flashing through my eyes because I just, you know, I went to worst case scenario. I thought I was right. I thought I was like, I didn't even have just just because of the way it looked. I thought I thought it was like I was done. Right. Right. And see those images and stuff. I mean, I, I was hit with those, too. And I mean, even still, I think a year or so later. I've got a little journal on my phone that I'll type in every now and then. And, you know, I think that was my last one. And that was in 2018 or something. I think I can't remember whose wedding we were at. And I just remember thinking, gosh, like it's still you still think about it all the time. Uh You know, you were out there dancing with the kids. Uh And I just remember thinking, gosh, is this, you know, is this Uh just going to be a memory in 10 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. And honestly, that like I said, that's why I do a lot of my YouTube and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, as morbid as that sounds, just in case. You know, but you never I'm know. like, God, know. you know, I hate for Baker to grow up and be like, "Hey, Ryan, could you tell me about our mom?" Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. That just yeah, that's always, or any of us, mm-hmm. either of us. You I know, know anything can I happen. I mean, with Kobe Bryant just dying, I'm just like, mm-hmm. God, like, you yeah. just never know when your day is called. I know. You know, uh, so. After the diagnosis, uh, what type did it end up being? I mean, I know, but uh, what what did we end up finding out? Let's see. Of course, me. I was like, okay, we're getting a biopsy tomorrow. And I don't don't even remember when I got the biopsy. I think it might have been the next day. I think they squeezed me in. And the radiologist we had, I don't even remember his name, but he, I loved him. Like, he took me back in his office. We looked at the images. He showed me. He told me what type of cancer he thought that I would have just based on my age and what it looked like. He said that I think they're called sisters. Like he said, a lot of times masses like that, they have little sisters that come off of them. Or was it sisters or daughters? Maybe it's daughters. I don't know. Like there's one big one and then they they come off of that. And just by imaging, he told me that he thought that I would have invasive ductal carcinoma and he thought it would be a hormone positive. And um, that was that. And the biopsy, actually. You went with the biopsy with yeah. me. And I you know, I had been in on biopsies before. But those things freaking hurt. Like It looked like it. It was just like a... I think he... I can't even remember how many he did. I want to say he did three or four. Yeah, and it was just a needle and a... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, just a, a gun that... Yeah, it's just a just, biopsy gun. They just, It just takes like a tube oh, of tissue. For someone who hasn't seen one before. Yeah. Oh, it, it just was, clicks and it just like takes like a core of it and just... Yeah. And those, I mean, it just it just burns so bad. And um, so we had that and then, of course, had to wait. And in the meantime, as I'm waiting, you know, I, I know it's coming back cancer. I know, you know, I already know. So I'm... Luckily, I have friends, you know, that work in the doctor's office. And I'm like, Hannah, I'm going to need a CT chest, abdomen, pelvis. I'm probably going to need a bone scan. Um, You know, all this stuff. I'm telling her all the stuff I need. And, of course, she's calling Candy, the nurse practitioner. And um, so I probably got a lot of imaging done before I actually needed it. Um, But... I had everything set, like yeah, was, you know, and then we went to through go. too. It was kind of like okay, oh, let's ready to go. Let's, but it was also, I can't remember who all. I mean, who did did we tell everybody right away, or did we? Mm, 
I, I, who you, Hannah was the first person you told. Hannah was the first person, and then you, and then I believe it was that day too. I, told I can't you remember that I we, needed to leave, and I called Amy Cruz. Yeah, and, and I, I, said I went I, down and talked to my mom at work. Told yeah, her. Yeah, because I, I said went I gotta to, go. I went to talk to Amy, and I think when I got back, your parents were here. And my mom knew I was going to the doctor, and then I had to call her and tell her. Um, but no, it's hard telling people. Yeah, Amy it's just hard Cruz, saying well, it out loud. Funny like, thing again, it's just funny thing is if you ask Amy Cruz right now, um, when I I went over to her house and I just instantly started crying. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Amy also had cancer, so I knew, you know, she had been through it. She had um, lymphoma when she was in college. And so I knew that she could help me. I didn't know anybody else my age that had gone through it. My mom had gone through it, but she didn't have to do chemo or anything. And at that point, I didn't know if I'd have to do that either. But uh, I knew Amy, you know, she was young. Um, I'm, my mom was young, but not as young as me. Um, So I went to her, and uh, funny thing is that she thought... She'll tell you now that she thought that uh, I was going to tell tell her that you had had an affair. <laughs> <laughs> that's what That's what she thought. Uh, that's why she thought that I was upset and she was like I was ready. Well, I wonder what would give her that impression. I don't know. My goodness. Probably just because I mean nobody thinks that somebody a 34-year-old is going to come and say that they have cancer. Yeah. That's okay. that's Maybe just what that's she Maybe more of a shock factor than an affair. Yeah, just, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's what she funny. thought. She was like, I was ready to beat his ass. <laughs> that's funny. No, that's one of the things though that I struggled with was that, like you said, nobody, you didn't know anybody or she was the only person you knew that had gone through it. I mean, from a guy's side, I couldn't think of anybody. There wasn't anybody that I could relate to. Oh, uh, Jimmy. Well, Jimmy was the only one. I never did call him. He was mm-hmm. on my speed dial a couple times. And I almost hit send. Um, but you know how I am. I just... Mm-hmm. You just don't say anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But there just wasn't anybody. Like I said, I've always said there was plenty of, you know, when you're a guy and things like that, there's plenty of buddies to <clears throat> drink beer with and play cards. and mm-hmm. But you don't have too many, or at least, you know, you don't look at too many like that, that, you know, you just can call and say, hey, man, I need to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my brothers. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Man, see, I'm going to get emotional talking about my brothers. <laughs> Excuse me. But, yeah, like Josie, he came down. I think he – did he come down? No, he would sent me a text. Mm-hmm. He was going to come down, and he would have. Mm-hmm. He would have came down if if uh, if I needed him to. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that meant a lot. Mm-hmm. But – yeah, well, you had your parents too. I mean, I think you. Yeah. You talked to yeah. Them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I said. It's not something I'm that sure, I'm sure anybody's prepared to deal with, and right. And everybody I'm sure goes you through do it. have those friends that you could talk to. It's just so oh, yeah. awkward. Like yeah. you don't want to look. Yeah, that's weak just what you know. It's kind of. You're the one going through cancer. I don't right. want to be the one complaining about my feelings. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a lot of it. Is but, you know, you're the one, you know, that's rocking chemo and. You know, yeah. still doing dishes and laundry and chemo in the morning and 
Yeah, and it's like, what am I complaining about? You know, yeah. like, I'm, I don't want to be the one sitting around here moping around, crying and complaining. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a lot of, yeah. So my advice to, in fact, I remember when, oh, Heidi, and, uh-huh. you know, I, I text her husband and just say, yeah, hey, I remember that. dude, like, I don't know you and you don't know me, but sometimes I wish I would have had just a stranger to holler mm-hmm. at when my wife was going through cancer, just so everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. Everybody still saw me as, you know, that rock hard support system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been nice just to maybe have a stranger that I didn't even know to break down right. to, you yeah. know, that, that didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that was, that was, that was tough getting through. Yeah. I think the worst part was like the first 10 days. When you didn't know. Yeah. I think well, we wanted to get a game well, no, plan. We, we, I, we I, wanted to know what it was I, I remember, and what we were going to do. Like, I was a mess, and then we had um, open house at uh, Liberty. That was when Ryan was a sixth, that was her fifth grade Yeah, she's year. going right into middle school. Yeah, fifth grade. Yeah. And we had um, open house, and I, I had had my biopsy, and I think I had gotten called that day, and they had told me that I had invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, my grade, I can't remember what it was um it was hormone it was progesterone and estrogen positive plus it was her2 positive which her2 is a protein that attaches to certain cancers it causes them to be um, a little more aggressive but it also gives you the option of a lot more drugs to treat it so my breast cancer was considered triple positive and um so I had gotten those biopsy results back, and um, at that time I didn't really know Amy Clarkson that well. I mean, we were acquaintances at the lake, and we said hi and hung out a little bit, but nothing, you know, like like I consider her a very good friend now. Um, but I saw her in the hall, and I she knew because I had been going to a um, I was in a no. How did she know? Were you doing your Bible study with? No, because I think them? they kind of asked me to do the Bible study because they probably try to be a support system for me. But I, I don't remember how I knew. Maybe it's because I don't even remember how she knew. Or I think I had texted her. I think that was one of the first times I had texted her. Yeah, like, I think you reached out to her. Yeah, I did. Say that. Just because I knew, I knew that she was very... Um, just very knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I know yeah, she, she, read, doctor she reads and... all the time. And she wasn't a practicing doctor then, but I knew she kept up on, um, like, medical journals and stuff like that. And plus she was a hospice doctor, so I figured she knew a little bit about cancer. Um, and so when I saw her, I told her, she asked me if my biopsy results were, were back yet. And I told her what it was, and I was pretty bummed. I mean... Just because I didn't, I can't remember. I, it, the grade I don't think was too high. I think there's three or four grades or in a cancer, and I want to say mine was like two. It was kind of an in between grade. It wasn't slow progressing. It wasn't super fast, but um, in between. And I told her it was triple positive, and she said that is wonderful. And I was like, really? And she's like that. She she said that that if you want if you have any kind. That's the best kind to have because there are so many drugs that they can throw at that. And so I remember you talk after you talked to her. I, I remember felt, I remember that was kind of your first boost of 
mm-hmm. positivity. Right. I remember you saying, boy, well, that, that makes me feel better mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Uh, you know, that Amy said that. And mm-hmm. right away, there wasn't any hesitation. Right. Um, I remember thinking that that was, that helped. Right. Because just getting that mindset of positivity and mm-hmm. kind of getting off the, the mindset of, of how horrible it is and right. the diagnosis and the, you know, the outlook and the few and just the right. uncertainty. Yeah. I, I it's suggest nice they, to, they tell you not to Google, but you do. And that probably, that's worst the worst thing you can do because then you find out things and then you question, like, even though like you have this positive, like with her, she told me that, and it was positive. You know, like I was feeling great right. about it. You get on the internet and you look at it for five minutes, and you're like, "Oh." Well, and all, all the only things that resonate are the negative things, right? You know, yeah. you might see a like, sixty well, percent success or seventy, so, but so you look up multifocal invasive breast cancer, and that is not good. Yeah, and it's hard to treat. Blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, and then, and then there was that wait till we saw Doctor Q. Uh, no, then I had I had my CT. After I had talked to Amy, I think. Was that what it was? I don't remember. I remember my I was I was super nervous going into my CT. Like I think that was just your your mentality that right. always goes to worst case scenario. Right, like right. You were thinking And I knew like if I've got cancer, it's probably everywhere. Yeah. Uh, or that was the big fear was okay. But if by this that is time just breast cancer. By that time though, for some reason I think I, I don't remember. Had I been to, no, I hadn't had my CT yet, I don't think. I don't think so. No, I had not had my CT when I saw Dr. Cusick. Right. That's what it was. The next thing we had was the appointment with Dr. Cusick, and she was amazing. Like, that was another, like, huge relief. Like, she, she comes in, she does an ultrasound. I mean, she's one of the most sincere, caring doctors I've yeah, I I've agree. ever met. I mean, we've had some doctors in the past with not cancer related, but with kids. I remember, you know, Ryan when she was yeah. with you know, and and just the doctor and their bedside manner yes make a huge difference. And when you're dealing with cancer, yeah, just yeah, the no, way she, she spoke is, to you and the way that right. she you just felt like everything that came out of her mouth was, was true. true. Yeah. Yes. It, there was just truth to it. And she meant it. every word and of it. And she believed what she was saying. And she, I mean, she reassured you. She was like, I can remember her saying, you're going to be fine. You know, like. Yeah. And once she said it, you believed it. I well, mean, you almost had, felt I like, think okay. She, she did the ultrasound and then I got dressed and whatnot. And um, then we went into her office and she had like a little piece of paper that they give every patient. That's when they did the spit test too. I had to. I had to have genetic testing since I was so young um, to see if it was genetic or not, to see if I had um, any of the um, BRCA genes, but which I did not, which in the beginning I thought, well, at least if I have the BRCA gene, that's a reason that I got it. But Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But you know, no, I'm, I'm thankful that I don't have the BRCA gene because I didn't realize the BRCA gene, like, that's related to any... Um, endocrine system so whether it's ovaries um thyroid pancreas i mean they're all lumped together so if you have the BRCA gene you're at higher higher um chance of getting another kind of cancer but anyway we went into her office she had a piece of paper and it kind of 
it kind of she wrote, writes on there you know like what test you've had blah 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 and then it has what stages and I remember her circling it and saying you can't be stage zero you can't be stage one because of the size and the fact that it's multifocal so she said you're either and then she said you're not stage three because what did you had she not could she tell if it was in the lymph nodes is that why no I had had my CT I had had my CT. I had to have an MRI after that appointment. They got me in. Remember, I had to go back the next day and get the MRI. Yeah. So we knew that I was fine as far as the CT, which the CT, I was super nervous. I remember telling Trisha that I had a, um, uh, and I still have it to this day. Like I have a kind of a sore spot on my right side, kind of rib area, which I know that's not where your lymph nodes are, but I was worried I had a mat or something there. And I was super nervous and... Of course, the CT, she went through the initial, um, you do with and without contrast, so you do. Anyway, there's a waiting period where you have to wait and let the delays work. And I remember her coming in and reassured. She said, I don't see anything. And so then she let me um, come back and look at my CT too. So that reassured me that I didn't have it like in my liver or my lungs or anything like that. So then back to Dr. Cusick's office, she told me that I would either be stage two or stage four. And she said, I'm guessing you're stage two. The stage four, I still had to have the MRI to make sure that my lymph nodes were fine and my chest wall. And, um, and then I had the um, MRI the next day, got the results back of that, and they were worried about a spot on the other side. So then I had to go have another ultrasound and it ended up being fine it was just a complex cyst or something and so yeah so that i was relieved then to know that i was stage two because i and that was kind of when we finally found out okay this is the game plan now that we know right what it is this is the plan of attack mm-hmm. and to me that was that was a huge hurdle yeah. to get up from that first what was it two weeks maybe of, yeah from diagnosis I, I mean to, i was ready i was like just just treatment just you know yeah you just you want to know what you're dealing with i mean the main thing it was kind of like because in that waiting period Mm your just mind is always going towards worst case scenario until yeah and then once you find out okay is it stage two is it stage four is it it's kind of okay whatever it is Mm -hmm. just tell me and then let's go right let's let's go i want to i just wanted to start I hated sitting around. And then once you have that plan in place, I I think it really helped with just the mentality. Backing up a little bit, though, too, um, before I think we went and saw Cusick, um, you were talking about Ryan and her. Ryan's really the only only one we told. Yeah, she overheard a bunch of stuff. We were kind of on the fence on that. Like, do we tell all the kids? Do they even know what cancer is? Uh Do we... No, she had uh, heard... Who who do we tell? She knew I was having a biopsy. And I remember going up to her room that night. Or it was that afternoon. She was up in her room. And she hadn't came down. And she had her iPad. And I remember going up there and she was... She was almost in tears. And I walked in and I said, what's the matter? And she said... I know what a biopsy is. She said, I, I Googled it. And, um, and this, she would have been what? 10. She, she was 10. She was a fifth grader. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And, or she was going into fifth grade. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. Going into, yeah. Cause yeah. it was going to be her first year right, at, yeah. at LMS. Yeah. It was changing fifth grade. schools. Mm-hmm. 
And I, she asked me if I had cancer. And I said, I have to have a biopsy. You know, we don't know for sure yet, but I do. And I remember, you know, her just crying. And I told her, you know, it's going to be okay. Like I had to put my Fear fears aside. aside and say, I'm going to be okay. Right. You know, we're going to... Because well, up until this point, and you know, I rem- she heard cancer, I, and she's thinking Uncle Pat. That's the or, only person that she has known that, yeah, yeah, that and, had can. I mean, I guess she knew my mom. I mean, mom had cancer, and and that's what I told her. I said Mimi Jojo had cancer. You know, she's fine. You know, not every cancer is like Uncle Pat's. You know, Uncle Pat had a bad kind that you know. But this, I, I remember telling her, I, I, I'm going to be okay. And she was like, okay, you know. That's tough for a 10-year-old. Oh, yeah. But the other kids, I don't even think we... I think we just told them I was sick. Addressed them with it. Yeah, I think it was just, hey, mom's sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, and then there I... might be some days that Mimi's have to take you to school if we've got appointments. But yep. I don't think the enormity of it ever... Well, I don't even think they... I, I bet if you asked them now, I don't... I don't think they even remember me being sick. I think that they, of course, remember me being bald. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. But is... Honestly, that's the way, you know, mm-hmm. that's the best way to do it, I suppose. If they, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They'll, in 10 years, Baker or Lenny, help probably Crosby, won't even know that you had cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, It'll just be a yeah. distant, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we kicked off with... After diagnosis, treatment, or not treatment, treatment. diagnosis. Well, yeah, and and treatment for that, they said because of the, it being multifocal and it was close to the chest wall, before they do a mastectomy, they have to make sure that they can get clean margins. So they wanted to shrink the cancer so that when they did the mastectomy that they knew that they would get clean margins. So... The plan was get my port, which I believe I got my port the next day. I, I actually don't think I had my MRI results until the day I got my port of cath in Wichita. I remember her coming in and telling me. Maybe not. Maybe, I can't remember. Maybe that was after my mastectomy and she told me that my nodes were good. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was to get chemo and um, then possibly have radiation. I believe she, had, she said she had to present it to the medical board because it was a kind of a iffy case on I didn't really need radiation but I might need radiation because it was close to the chest wall and they were they would figure that out after um chemo to see what the chemo did to it and so I knew I was gonna have chemo and I was ready to get that port in and I I think I got the port in and I believe I had chemo like maybe two or three days later like, and I was ready to go. I yeah. was just like, let's do this. Yeah, let's get it get yep. it done. Get, get What did you do? Eight? Did we do eight rounds of chemo or six? Six rounds, six rounds of, of chemo. chemo. And then I had a year of Herceptin with Progetta, which was... But it was six rounds of chemo, and mm-hmm. then that ended in about December, I think your last one was... It was every three weeks. December, or maybe first of January. It seemed like we had, we had surgery first couple weeks of... Right into January. January, and yeah. I had to have I couldn't have chemo for four weeks, so it had to have been four weeks after my yeah. last chemo treatment. Yeah, and to me that felt like kind of the end of it. I mean, I know you still had Herceptin and and Progetta, but when you finally had the mastectomy mm-hmm. and the chemo was done, really when the, when the chemo was done, that kind of felt like 
some sort of finish, not a finish line, but just a, it felt like that was kind of, okay, we're done with that. You know, Mm -hmm. now it was almost like the cancer's gone. The chemo's done. The cancer's gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, it just smelt to me it felt like a yeah. a small victory of okay chemo's done now let's get in there and do surgery that's mm-hmm. kind of you know like surgery reconstruction mm-hmm. you know you were almost on the you know the other side yeah. of the hill there once you got through right. chemo um so yeah that to me was kind of like okay now we're on the upswing now we can start and feeling all that- like you know uh and i don't know if, when you ever I don't know what, at what point you get to where you feel like you finally beat cancer or where you're, where uh, you transition from a survivor or, or, you know, a, you know, when do you call yourself a cancer survivor? I don't know. Or have you yet? I don't know. I still am skeptical. Like I still. I remember that text you sent me or a, I don't know, maybe it wasn't via text or it was something you shared with me and you said, this describes it perfectly. Because imagine if someone's holding a gun to the back of your head, mm-hmm. and and I'm this isn't verbatim, but it was yeah. Imagine someone is holding a gun to the, your to the back of your head, and they just tell you now just keep going on with your life, mm-hmm. but just remember I'm here at any point mm-hmm. I can pull the trigger, mm-hmm. and that's what it's like living with cancer mm-hmm. or knowing that you've had cancer mm-hmm. that you're just supposed to live the rest of your life like yeah. like it's normal, but at any point. That guy could pull the trigger and boom, it's, it's back. Not, yeah. uh, and that always hit me. That always seemed like a good analogy, you know, or it was a strong one, but mm-hmm. probably rightly so. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know at what point you consider yourself, you transition. I, I was to I, you know, to saying I had cancer, you know. Right. Because I think that's probably a mindset that I is think- tough to tough to get to like when they did the mastectomy obviously they got all the cancer so that's when i think that was the first day i was cancer free but i don't know but still you probably don't i mean you still Uh -uh. every day have the fear oh yeah every single day of cancer i mean every little thing every ache every pain every um headache every i don't know it's yeah. always something. Yeah, that's what I think would be impossible is to mm-hmm. figure out the day or the time when you once you transition to just okay, I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, cancer's behind me, or maybe it never I is. I don't think it ever is. I don't think it I don't ever, know. maybe it never is, uh, and I don't know. Maybe that's what I don't know. People will tell you that have been through that, or what would you say? I mean, speaking of groups and people, you know. Who was what was who was your biggest support group, you know, while you were going through it, or did you find a new one that? Um, um I mean, I talked to Amy a lot. Amy was there. Cruz or Clarkson or both. Both. Yeah. I mean, Cruz was there. Just she. I'd say she was probably kind of main. Of course, there's you and my parents. Um. And your parents. Yeah. But, and then I had, Nikki. Nikki was a big one there. Um, Stacy. This was, I, I text Josie, my brother, and said me and you were going to do a podcast. And this, he texted back. He said he must have known we were going to go down the road of cancer. Mm-hmm. But he said, ask her, what's the best thing for people to do to help or provide support? You know, if you're a, yeah, what what's the best best thing 
or advice you would, you know, how can people help? Help someone that is diagnosed or, or you know, in your, that, yeah, whether it was meals, you know, meals so you didn't have to worry about supper or whether because it was I didn't have to worry about that. Picking um, kids up from school or, yeah, I think just kind of, because I think that's what a lot of things you, you hear a friend or a spouse or a relative has cancer. You want to help, mm-hmm. but you, I, you probably don't know how or you don't mm-hmm. want to be overbearing with it. And, right. Uh, I mean, I was floored at how, like, the support I had. Um. Yeah, it, it was impressive. Yeah. I mean, the cards, the meals, the, uh, yeah, just everything. Um, like my grandpa, he wanted to, I can remember him calling my parents and telling them that he wanted to hire like a, a nanny or somebody to come in and watch the kids or somebody to help, you know, cook or help, you know, just help with the kids. Cause you know, you still had to work and, um, your parents had to work and my parents had to work. So And I can remember my mom saying, like, she, she has it covered. Like, there are so many people that have helped out, you know, taking the kids on. Nikki came over here a couple times. Stacy helped me with the kids. I mean, um, my mom. I mean, it was all covered. Yeah. And I, I think that's one thing, too, to point out is accept the help. And that's hard. You know. That was hard for me. I'm used to doing things all by myself. Right. But I, I, I think it's okay to say, oh, yeah, help me out. Right. Or, you know, when someone's offering, can we cook you dinner? Can we mm-hmm. pick up your kids? Can we even come over and do your laundry? Yeah. Can we, uh, you know, don't feel bad to say yes, you know, and to let, you know, let, let people help. They, they're out there and they want to help. You know, that's what right. friends are for. And, you know, yes. they come out and in the masses and support you in a time of need like that. And yeah, accept the help and, uh, just know that at some point, you know, you'll be returning it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was impressive. It was uplifting. I can say for me, as far as the whole cancer, the, the, the hardest part for me was not physical at all. Like I knew that I could get through chemo I mean I'm I don't know I don't know if I I wouldn't say (coughs) I have a super high pain tolerance but I feel like I I can handle quite a bit yeah you're Uh, pretty tough my it's the emotional part or just what your mind does like I, I remember I legitimately freaked out after I think it was my fourth round of chemo like I called Candy and I was like, I think it's growing. And I had just been to Dr. Cusick's office and she had done a sauna. And I was like, I don't think the chemo's working. Like, I didn't believe that they told me that the cancer um, was looking good. It was shrinking and that it was melting is what they said. And again, I looked at the images and I didn't think, I mean, I could still see it. I wanted, I didn't want to be able to see anything. Right. And I freaked out and I was having pain and I thought it was going to my lymph nodes and, you know, everything in my mind, in my head was saying, no, like the chemo is killing it. The doctors told you the imaging shows this, but it's just that 
I don't think so. And I freaked out. And I think I ended up having to go back to Cusick. And she reassured me. And then I even, I think Trisha talked to the radiologist and <laughs> asked him if those, if that sounds correct. And he said, yeah. And so that helped me out just to know that, um, like, <laughs> I guess I thought that they were just telling me things. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I remember freaking out. And I, I, and I also, you know, like, I don't know, it's just the emotional part is what gets you. Yeah. Or just what your mind, your mind plays well, there's just so you. much. There's so much unknown about it. Well, about you're, it all. you just you there's get so on much one you... thought, and then it just is like a snowball effect of like, well, that means this and this and this, and I don't know. Yeah, and that to me, that'd be a little bit of advice to anybody, or you know, figure out the things that you can control and the things that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And separate the two of them and right. just know, you know, you can't control the chemo or the cancer right. or the, you know, that stuff. But the things that you can control, whether it's it just supper or, you know, I mean, focus, you know, because when you get the cancer diagnosis or, you know, when you hear that your loved one has it, everything feels out of control. Mm-hmm. Everything just feels like my life has just gone completely out of control. Right. Uh, and it's hard to get that back, that to grasp that empowerment back of mm-hmm. control, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so kind of don't worry about those things that you can't control because that's not going to change, but really double down and focus on, mm-hmm. you know, on the things that you still can control, mm-hmm. you know, and that just kind of gets, gets a little bit of control back in your mm-hmm. life where it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I know I can do this. I'm going to do this. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. I, it's tough. It, mm-hmm. it builds character. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's something. Uh, it's something. Yeah. Definitely and hopefully no puts one... you at a spot where I never thought at. No. What am I? It's 37 years 37. old. I, that so I that was... feel like an 80 year old woman and have no woman parts. <laughs> and not look the way that I thought that I would look, but that's that's all right. I'm alive, right? And well, and that's that's hard. That's what a lot of it's hard. Yeah, but it does it. The perspective that it gives you, mm-hmm. you know, you hate for that to be the reason that you get perspective, but boy, you get hit with something like that, and it's all of a sudden, you know, there's a whole there's not a whole lot that you know you worry about after that you know or and maybe that's the way i've always been but you're not a warrior i'm, I'm not a warrior. I'm a warrior uh but you know that puts a lot of things into perspective you know it's not yeah. about how much money you make or oh yeah how cool of stuff you got or you know uh you go through something like that and that really you know puts some perspective right. into your life it's is about what, what's important you know and important. that was one of the big reasons that i closed on sundays you mm-hmm. know at work was just gosh, like I, I want to spend more time with my family, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and that was a, yeah, just perspective took me to realize that, yeah. you know, yeah, there's yeah. no need to be working seven days a week when relationships you are know, much more valuable than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Your... You know, and it's sad to say something like that takes it to, mm-hmm. to frame it like that, but sometimes it does and just don't, don't forget it then, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, Okay, so we're kind of ending up here, kind of been through our story, or Carrie's story, our story. Um, 
going to finish it up on just maybe some advice of anybody that, boy, unfortunately would get hit with this mm-hmm. news. Um, Carrie, any advice? I gave a little bit of mine I earlier. Don't know. On... I feel like for me, and I know people are different. For me, it was better to talk about it than to, I don't know, not really talk about it because I also, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. Um, I hated, I didn't mind not having hair just because it was actually kind of nice. I mean, I didn't ever really have that much hair anyway, but I wanted my hair to grow back because I felt like everybody knew when I didn't have hair. Like everybody was like, oh, she has cancer, you know? Yeah. And I didn't want that. I, I just wanted, I wanted to be the same Carrie. That's right. why I, I mean, I played volleyball through it all because I was like, you know, I'm not going to stop doing what I want to do. Yeah. The stuff I enjoy. But yeah. at the same time, I was almost not embarrassed. Like just, I didn't want people to see me because I didn't want people to know. Again, I don't like attention. So I didn't want, I didn't want people to think of cancer when they thought of me I'm yeah that, i mean i think i remember saying that to you one time i didn't want I to be the people that you know the seven of us and our family right. walk into a restaurant and everybody you know whispers to their love yeah. oh hey look there's that couple from pratt uh-huh. that you know they've got seven kids and the mom's got cancer seven or kids? sorry five kids and you know and the mom's got cancer <laughs> right you know you, you just don't want to be right. those people or that you, know, you don't yeah. want to be whispered about or talked right. about or you just want everybody to just Go on with their normal life and so yes, yeah, so I didn't I didn't want everybody to know, but at the same time I had a couple people, a handful of people that I knew I could I talked like, you know they'd ask me how I was doing you know and I could tell them kind of how I was doing like and I think it helped to have somebody to be able to talk to, um, when I first went to Amy Cruz she told me to go to a counselor. And, um, I didn't because, you know, I don't need counseling, but it probably in retrospect probably would have helped. And still to this day, probably, I should probably go talk to somebody just cause I I don't know. Cause it is hard. It's hard. And there's no Um, one that can relate to it either. You know, I mean, even you and I can sit down and talk or it's hard to. And it's hard to. Um, just recently, um, one of the gals that I went through chemo with that had the same cancer, uh, she just recently died. And that, I think that's something a lot of people don't realize is, I don't know if you want to call it, um, survivor's guilt, um, there was another gentleman that that that's a hard thing for me too because you know I'd go into chemo and it, it's this tiny little room with like what five recliners I think one two three four five yeah and um I was always by far the youngest person you know um Crystal was the next closest to me I think she was about oh I don't even remember how old she is. I think she's about 10 years older than I am. And uh, 
So there was always, there was a gentleman in the back that I was with him every time I had chemo, and he he passed. And then um, there recently was another lady I had chemo with. She passed. And then just in the last month, one of the gals that I had chemo with, a couple, at least I was in there with her at least, you know, six times. Six, the, our, we were on the same schedule like our last, I don't know. She got off schedule because she didn't have to do chemo for a while. But, um, but no, when she got sick, that was hard. Like, I mean, I knew it was inevitable for her. But uh, she was still fighting, and then things took a bad turn, and I mean, I didn't even want to, I wanted to reach out to her, but I didn't. Um, I had seen her a couple times at the hospital, just getting checkups, and I I always felt, like, awkward, because I... You know, I was always like, well, I'm doing great, you know, and she was still going through chemo, still, you know, using a cane to walk. She had aches and pains, and so yeah. I hated, I hated that, but I know, I know she, you know, she, she didn't feel that way, but that as a, you just feel like that, like, why, you just feel guilty, like, why, why was I one that got better and they didn't you know it's it's hard yeah i don't know yeah yeah i'm like i didn't do a whole lot of reaching out uh yeah you know i like i said i kind of had a little journal on my phone Mm -hmm. that every now and then i just type in it and you know write out a couple hundred words and whether it was in frustration or Mm -hmm. you know or whatever uh and that to me that helped me because mm-hmm. um, it just got the thoughts out of my head you know it kind of felt like I was at least I was just putting them on paper mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily talking to somebody but uh, it helped just to express them and, them and write real. them down it just know. seemed like well, if they got out of yeah if they if I wrote them down then it felt like I was saying them you know uh-huh. and sometimes just get just saying right. it, getting it off of your mind and, and it seemed to help um, so that you know, that was kind of my, that and biking, you know, I'd get out on a, yep. on a long bike ride out in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere by myself. And there's some solace to that, you know, being yeah. out there with just nothing but dirt roads and, mm-hmm. and wheat fields and, yeah. uh, it's, it's, and th- mine it's too. therapeutic. I mean, I, mean, I, a lot of me, I mean, I kept busy. Yeah. I just did yeah. my normal stuff and yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it then for the Carrie Cody podcast. Probably pretty boring. No, I think this will be great for uh, anybody I think that. A lot of people probably have already heard this. Like I said, you and I haven't sat down and talked about this very often. So it was kind of fun just to sit with you and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what we come up with next time. All right. All right. All right. That'll do it, folks. Thanks for Bye. listening. Bye.